Welcome to the crux of investing in finance, everybody. My name is Jay, and thank you for joining me. I just want to thank each and every one of you for listening. It means a lot to me. If you haven't already, please follow our Instagram at Investonomics Education and our Facebook page at Investonomics. So please sit back, relax, and I hope you can learn something new. Before we dive in today, I just want to say that this is a primarily video-based show. So for to get the full experience, you should go to Investonomics YouTube channel, like and subscribe to the channel, and you can follow the video there for a nice visual representation of what I'm going to be talking about. Welcome back everybody to the channel, and this week we're talking about DCF model for valuation. And this is a very important one here for valuing companies and investments. So first of all, how do we use a DCF model? The DCF valuation model is commonplace in finance. And more specifically, it is utilized very frequently in investment banking. If you've talked to anyone who is in investment banking, this is a model they use very frequently. It's used to value companies and ultimately to determine whether or not a certain investment is worthwhile. Now DCF models have a close relation to economics, namely cost-benefit analysis, and this is because DCF models closely resemble CBA net present value models. And we'll talk about these later on. Now the valuation of a company or investment is accomplished by investigating all of the future cash flows and then subsequently discounting them to find their present value, meaning what they're worth today. So let's talk about how we could calculate a DCF and this is very important for actually using it. So a DCF here we can see is a series of cash flows discounted by the interest rate R and this is also called that discount factor. The above formula is for the general specification of the DCF model and this is taken from Investopedia but it's pretty much the same everywhere you look. The nth cash flow is the cash flow in the nth period and this is usually in years but it can differ. And R as we've mentioned is the discount rate which is also known as the rate of the return on the investment or just the interest rate. And this is used to obtain the present value of all cash flows and it's, that's why it's called the discount factor. So since the number of periods is an exponent on the discount factor, further in the, further in the future cash flows have larger denominators and are therefore worth less than those closer to the present. So as we're further out, it becomes worth less. Now the idea of a DCF model is to account for the time value of money. And this is useful whenever money can be invested and yield a return R by looking at a specific investment vehicle. So let's look at an example here. So if an investment of $1 yields 10% per year, or R is 10%, our money is worth $1.10 one year from now. But if we had forgone this, that $1, one year in the future, is worth only 90 cents due to this foregone investment. 
And this is what present value actually captures. It's that foregone investment opportunity. It's important to note that if a DCF model actually yields a total dollar amount that's greater than the original investment, it's considered a worthwhile investment. Now the DCF figure is the sum of all the discounted future cash flows. So it's that entirety of all future cash flows discounted is the DCF. So now let's take a look at some difficulties with these types of models. DCF models can prove to be fairly inaccurate since a large aspect of their accuracy relies on future predicted cash flows and predicted being the operating word here. We also need an accurate value of a capital investment at the end of the time horizon. So if it's a capital investment, this would be the depreciated value of all the equipment, for example, and the investment would be the cost of the shares at the end. In either circumstance, where either of these is not relatively accurate, we should use one of the other valuation models that we will talk about in the future. The fact that it's assumed that we know all future cash flows accurately is a little bit unrealistic and if it's, this is done requires very accurate forecasts in order to be reliable. These forecasts can be easily affected by market conditions, interest rate variations, and other macroeconomic factors. For example, the Russia-Ukraine conflict would have affected cash flows. This reduces the likelihood of DCF models to be accurate in the longer term horizon. Estimating an accurate discount rate may also pose a problem for this model. This is because it takes into account the opportunity cost of other investments and the expected return on the investment in question. So because of this, it needs to be very accurate with the opportunity cost of what it foregoes. The time horizon is another area that can be tricky. This is especially true for capital projects and especially things like construction where the initial cost and the timeline may vary significantly from initial estimates. For such projects, an interest rate is chosen to represent the weighted average cost of capital, which is a common term in finance known as the WAC. Utilizing this as the discount rate in a DCF framework offers a more reliable outcome. The WAC is also the return that shareholders are expecting in a given year based on what that project is doing. Now let's take a look at something that's closely related to DCF models and that is the net present value or NPV. If we know the initial investment amount and all future cash flows, we can find the sum of all discounted cash flows and subsequently the net present value. And this is a very important term in this context. The MPV is simply the initial investment subtracted from that total sum of DCFs. So if this value is positive, this means we should invest because we're making more discounted cash flows in the future than the initial investment. But if it's negative, we should not, meaning the initial investment is more than we make. So stating this a little bit more simply, if the cost is projected to be less than the total cash flows in the future, we should undertake it because we will make money. So let's take a look at some examples and the DCF calculator. 
So we're going to look at a spreadsheet that I've created for you guys. You can alter the discount factor, the cost of the investment, the time horizon, and the amount of cash flows and how long you can do these for. You can play around with these factors to determine under what conditions the investment becomes profitable and under which we shouldn't undertake it. And there's even a column that shows you that. And we'll go through this. So now let's take a look at that. And I have a link below for you to try yourself to uh, a Google Docs link where you can use it. So here we can see we can change the discount rate. And here we see that net present value. And if it's positive, we want to invest. And that's that furthest sell there. So here you can see I'm kind of playing around with it. We don't want to invest that discount rate at 0 0.1. 0 0.12 is still nothing. Here I've got it for 10 year time horizon. And I've got those cash flows in the second in the B column there. The discount factor calculated in the C column and D is the discounted cash flows. So you can see this is dynamic. So if you change the discount rate, everything changes. And we can see if we want to invest or not based on that net present value. So now here I'm changing the cost of the investment. So if it's 120,000, I try to do 1.2 million. So you can see here it's large and positive, meaning we want to invest. And now I go ahead and change some of the cash flows, make it a little bit smaller. And again, you can play around with this as yourself as well. And I actually go ahead and add a couple of more cash flows here in a second to expand the time horizon. So now I'm adding those more cash flows. So now I'm expanding it 12 years, 13 years. You can do this as much as you want. You can change everything. I just drag these formulas down so that it keeps calculating those discount factors. You can do this. You can even extend the columns if you want. You can go up to 100 years if you wanted to. And here we can see it tells us to invest because that initial cost of investment is less than the net present value. So you can see the present value of cash flows is much larger than the initial investment. So our net present value is positive, and that's the key here. And here you can see our, that's less than the initial investment, so we wouldn't do it. And here again, I'm just playing around with that discount rate, trying to figure out what works. So now, how do we find the IRR? And we'll talk about what this is. But by adjusting only the discount rate, as you saw in the Excel sheet, we can find the rate that sets the NPV exactly equal to zero. There are various algorithms, such as the simplex algorithm, that can easily solve for this, or you could do it by hand, by um, trial and error. This is the threshold for deciding whether to invest or not, exactly at that point when NPV is zero. The discount rate setting MPV equal to zero is called the internal rate of return, or IRR. Knowing how to calculate DCFs is very useful, and it can be helpful to find out under which conditions an investment or company is profitable. So now let's take a look at what we talked about before, which is DCFs versus the net present value. So a common misconception that we hear a lot is the interchangeability of DCF and NPV. They are similar, but they're actually not the same thing. DCFs are the sums of total future discounted cash flows as we've discussed, and the NPV is the subtraction of the initial cost from that DCF figure. 
So here we can see it easily. So MPV is equal to the DCF minus the initial cost of investment. So hence the net in front of the MPV. Overall, DCF models are useful in valuing companies, investments, and capital projects, but that does have significant limitations in terms of assumptions. Limitations stem from the forecasting and assumptions that are required in order to do this. And next week, we'll take a look at alternative valuation models for when DCF is not ideal or doesn't do the trick. So thank you guys, and I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating on here. It means a lot to me. And make sure to write a little review, either what we can improve or what you liked. That helps us out a bunch. I'll see you guys next time.